0: Menudos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we do here every single day. It is Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. Our quote of the day, faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. That is from St. Augustine. I don't know who St. Augustine is, but...
1: Kind of fun, though, right?
0: Kind of fun, kind of fun. Uh, back here uh, in the East Coast studio, we've got uh, Princess Winnie, otherwise known as Vincenza, on the table. Kevin changed out her bed for a little flatter kind of uh, level. Kelsey over there. Hawaii 5 Kevin in the corner. Don't put <laughs> baby in the corner. No. Steven over in North Carolina. Aren't you guys just so glad Jeff's out of here? No, <laughs> just, yeah. no. yes. Because Let's just have, talk shit about Jeff today. No, I'm so glad he's gone because he and I
2: have more time to work on our Christmas twenty four seven show. I'm kidding.
3: Like I'm we're kidding. a couple Wait, of months are we still away. Doing you guys, Christmas twenty four seven. Listen, oh,
2: yeah. we, guys, August is right around the corner. Yeah. So that's Christmas starts in August to us. So like well, right around the... we're just a few months away. From I will admit, back up.
0: I will admit, our massive Christmas tree is still up here. And it really feels nice, um, Stephen. And I will say this. We left it up because my mom and dad never got to see it at the holidays. Obviously, we were dealing with the COVID situation in Los Angeles, so they never made it back here. And um, I had help taking down all the decor from the front of the yard. So now it's just Frosties in the, on the porch in the front. And, um, and let's see if Kevin's going to be able to crawl under the cameras <laughs> to fix whatever Kelsey's <laughs> like. Telling him to do. I'm oh, like, wow. That was a good
1: crawl, that honey. That was amazing. Um, I'm like, Kevin, there's a wire. There's a
0: wire right now. Kelsey. I blame Kelsey. It just Kelsey. fell. That was my fault. No, I blame Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I blame Jeff, actually. Okay. Poor <laughs> Poor Kelsey you're doesn't anymore. But Kevin slide across the studio is everything I wish we had a camera for that. You're 60 something years old. Honey, that's you're not 60 something. I'm not. You weirdo. I'm no. So, we have our we have our major tree still up. And it actually really works because there's so much snow. It's it's like crazy how much snow we've been getting here. I don't know if North Carolina is getting snow, Stephen.
3: We've gotten, we've gotten big flurries, but nothing that's stuck.
0: Oh, it's, it's so, so pretty. It's I'm excited
3: so pretty. to pretend that I had a white Christmas this year when I visit you guys this weekend.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm oh, kind of bummed you're coming holi- this weekend because tree, I want to go sledding. <laughs> 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 I want to go sledding. And you are interfering with that. Our gas station TV tips are really interfering with that. But by the way, if you ever see us on the gas station pumps, um social. Know, yeah, socialists, mm-hmm. let us know that you're seeing it and um, we'll how you like our, our, our tips. Mm-hmm. But gotta um, let A- at GSTV know. Yeah. Oh, they, they repost start, everything too. We yeah. repost, they repost. I think it's so cool, by the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, we um, have uh, amazing bite-sized content that we distribute through Gas Station TV to 8 million um, viewers at gas pumps all across the country. And what we do there is we try to grab you at the gas station (laughs) when you have, um, just a few minutes and give you something that will like help you in your life. So some great quick tip, I think they're 15 seconds in total, right? 20. 20 seconds. Very fast. Very quick. But, um, you know, we've been getting a lot of social media messages from people we are like, I learned about this from the gas pump. And mm-hmm. so it's been kind of cool. I really enjoy that partnership. But, um, yeah, the tree is still up. It's going to stay up because I think we're going to do Christmas in July here.
2: <laughs> no, wait. Kelsey. What? Tell Maria what you do with your tree, you and your roommate. You'd see, Maria, if you oh, tuned into yes. the Christmas 24 7, you'd know I'm this, a this.
0: dedicated listener.
2: Okay, so you probably forget. I'm one of we the 32 this.
0: people that listen. Yes. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We upgraded from 32 when I asked all of our followers to follow you. So we yes, got like we got, 68 We got or some something. better together mercy
2: followers. Yeah, I think it was we're amazing. We're gonna rebrand it better together. Christmas twenty four seven. There we go. But Kelsey,
0: tell me, you and your
2: roommate do. So it.
1: we do a holiday tree. So we keep up the Christmas tree because it's so much cuter than a plant, mm-hmm. and we decorate it for every holiday. So Valentine's Day, you got your cute little hearts. Birthday, you really do de- no, change the decorations. Easter, yeah. she did it. it Lauren, Lauren started it. I didn't. Yes. She started. She decorated it for my birthday last last year. Yeah, and she no put, way. like, she's strung, like, little dogs St. with, St. Paddy's
2: like, Day. Yeah. Like, it really yeah. is
0: a great idea, because what's the difference? You know, we put plants in our house, right? But here's the thing. It may take away from, like, how special it is to see your Christmas tree at Christmas Except time.
2: that was at a time where, you know, the world was... <laughs> you know, the world was kind of special, and now it's not... Now we just want to escape, so I think the longer we keep Christmas, mm, just, yeah. the better. So, yes, in the past, it was like, oh, because... Let's be excited for Christmas because then we can be excited for the next mm-hmm. thing. There's not too many next things
3: right now. Yeah. I just imagine Kelsey so. having some kind of like Indiana Jones No, Harry gigantic, Styles. like full of boxes <laughs> warehouse that's like, oh, what are all these boxes? Oh, well, that's for this day of the year for my Christmas. I day. mean, 4th so, yeah. of July.
2: Think of all the cool things Mother's Day, Father's yeah. Day. There's a yeah. lot you could do. You yeah,
3: it's a lot it of sounds decorations. Like a to lot keep on of work. Eating. Well, you're going to do that
2: work anyway, Maria, to celebrate those holidays.
0: Sure. Yeah, I think I'd rather take the work. So you to want to, to do take down to take
2: that 12-foot tree?
1: See, oh, we gosh. don't. That is that is kind of where it started. We're like, we don't want to take down the tree. What? We can yeah. use it as our yeah, holiday tree. It's
0: massive. It's
3: so cozy. So, kind of Kevin, for Valentine's, I... you can just decorate the tree that's already up for Maria. You don't have to do anything else.
0: There we go. Yeah. Perfect. Hannah, are you going to decorate the tree for me for Valentine's Day? I am. Do you even know, you know Valentine's what? Day I... is coming?
2: Yes. And can I tell you something?
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, Maria. Can I, I get nicer flowers than the ones that, like the 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 corner store, this year I have like a special request. I want you to put like, you know, a different order. It doesn't in Doesn't matter year. to
2: you that I get them for your mom, for Violetta, for for everyone. Yeah, who works
0: I want special me. ones. You give me the ones you give everybody else.
3: <laughs> get her Venus flytraps.
2: Like everyone in my life that doesn't... You can order
0: them. You can just order them online and just send them to me and say, for the love of my life, I'm giving you something different than everyone else. (laughs) You give
2: my love every day.
0: I know. I show my love. I want more. (laughs) I show it guys i torture him in the middle then i'm like you don't love me and he's like i do i do and i'm like no you don't love me at all i just mess with them anyway um hello to our heel squad <laughs> if you have your christmas trees up please send us a picture um i'm curious to see how much of our heel squad is doing the same thing Um i know a lot of
2: people are we i hear it all, a lot of people mm. I've been down, hearing it they're too. Just like, you know what? I, I'm leaving it up.
0: Yeah. Um, we do want to chat very quickly about the Britney Spears
3: documentary we watched.
0: Um, Steven, did you end up watching it?
3: Uh I didn't, but I did have a dream about Britney Spears, so Steven. it worked out. Stephen.
0: Steven, I gave you a homework assignment. This is like day two, back on the job. You can't you can't not do the homework.
3: I was editing till midnight. I was I... doing the homework. Stephen.
1: He was.
0: Steven, I literally excuses, kept my
1: eyes.
2: start no, because we, star, we didn't start till later. Yeah. My day was pushed because yeah. I was Okay, it's
0: fine. It's fine. So, well, so Britney Spears documentary. Um, I
1: have a lot of things to say.
0: I would like to hear them.
1: I sobbed. I feel so badly for her. Mm-hmm. She was tortured. <laughs> we made her like we ruined her. The media ruined her. It was horrible to see. Justin Timberlake mad at you everyone else mad at you like it just made me so sad you took this like innocent girl that i mean we talk about it all the time like you had so much light and like they destroyed you and you were strong enough to come out the other end but oh my god she's just like she was done for well
0: i also wasn't globally yeah crazily right. famous I mean, shoot,
1: yeah it was
0: and it's different and it was young different
2: age. no that's such a yeah. young age you know
0: yeah.
1: again your
2: brain is forming until what do they say, Stephen, you'd know this better than me, but to twenty three or twenty to twenty-five, your brain is still forming, it's still growing. And so what happens is when you're getting all this dopamine and all this attention, all this it's why it's so unhealthy parents
0: mm.
2: for peop for young children, they the Dr. Eamon, who's been on your show, Maria, mm-hmm. has said it's like shooting them up with heroin yeah. as young mm-hmm. kids. So then where do you go while wow, the brain's growing? So this is why it's such a difficult transition. And by the way, today's guest, Megan Good You know, she's been acting since she was a little kid too. So I wonder if she's aware of that, but it's really hard to, you know, from, to, to be a child star and have all that.
1: Really. And then the parents have no
2: manual, Maria. Uh
1: Mm -hmm. You know what I
2: mean? Like, it's not like showbiz parents maybe, or managers and, you know. Well,
1: and they also gave their everything too. Like they dedicated their whole life to help her and help, I mean, all their kids really, but
0: she and Jamie Lynn both succeed and yeah, just really, it hurt my heart to watch. Like Yeah. Oof. Well, when you're kind of living in stuff, it's yeah. hard to see things when you look back. Like if we look back in history at so many things. We're horrified mm-hmm. at behavior and what we put up with and what we did. So this is no different. Um, I will say, you know, Craig Ferguson was trending today because he was actually someone who said, why are we making fun of someone? Yep who's hurting and who's suffering. And he just like really wouldn't do that. I have the chills down my body, Mm -hmm. like watching that clip. um, It was really powerful to see somebody have a compass Mm -hmm. and do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say for like the Diane Sawyers who, you know, everyone's very, very upset with Diane Sawyer right now. And And why is
2: that, Maria, if you haven't seen it?
0: If you haven't seen it, I mean, she, here's the thing. There were a couple of interviewers. There was a guy, I think he was from Germany. Yeah. Who was like, there's one thing we haven't covered yet. And there she is. She's this poor girl. In her teens. She's a teenager. And Britney Spears, even with all of that success, was just a girl from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. She was really pure and sweet. And just in those interviews, you see her, she's like, what haven't we talked about? And it's like, here comes the left hook, Brittany. And it's like, you're a breast. Yeah. Like, and what she, the shit. she just handled it so gracefully. And mm. it was really incredible. But should she be dealing with questions like that? Hell no. no. Um, And, and then you know, Diane Sawyer, when she interviewed her, was really, really accusatory. And this yeah. is kind of the part of journalism that I've really had a hard time with, even lately, because we haven't really adjusted, right? Mm. When you watch people interview, right, you're supposed to be fair and impartial. And all you're watching is journalists with opinions leaning in and accusing people. And so. I find it really hard to watch, which is why I don't watch much of it anymore because you're watching someone coming in with a bias and, and that's just not what you're supposed to do. Um, You know, holding people to, to the fire Mm -hmm. in a real, like, you know, in a political environment or anything like that. Yes. That's where you like pull out your balls and get tough. Mm -hmm. But like, a teenager, I know. <laughs> like I when know. I interviewed I'm the sorry, Obamas. As fans, we need to know. When I interviewed the Obamas, I think it was 08. Oh, it was just as you know, two months or something before he was elected. You know, I got so much criticism from my light and fluffy interview with the Obama family. And I remember being on the news and I was like, what would you ask a six and an eight year old? I think that's how old they were. I'm like, what would you am I going to ask them what their position is on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? And am I going to ask them, like, what am I going to do? You, you, you meet people where you're supposed to meet them. To me, that was like a family interview, get to know who they are as a family, what their dynamic is. And, you know, it's just all of this accusatory kind of stuff. And that's how Diane, um, you know, why Diane's trending right now is because it was like, what did you do to Justin? Horrible. Horrible. And I'm like, horrible. Horrible. Oh, wow. That's an interesting way to frame the question. What people don't know, if you're not a journalist, being on the other side, you've got bosses Mm -hmm. who are really tough and really scary. And I'm not giving Diane an excuse because Diane was Diane Sawyer at that time. No one's telling Diane Sawyer what to do. We don't know that. More than likely. (laughs) But... But she also had been trained for a very long time that you have to ask the promo question. And nobody on the other side... What do you mean by promo? The promo promo question is, what did you do to Justin? And then that's what they promote the interview with. Mm -hmm. Tonight, we answer the question. You know, whatever. It's like, you know, Winnie Houston, another interview of hers that's trending right now is like tacking her over, over her bony arms, trying to get her to admit, that she had some kind of, you know, mm. I, I'm assuming at that time it was trying to get her to admit that she was a drug addict because she went down the line of questioning and then at the end was like, drugs? And, you know, Whitney was older and could handle herself um, better and was just older so she could go back at Diane and and kind of check her. But Brittany was a little kid. She yeah. was just, it's so hard it's so hard and so sad. so sad um and and when you just watch you see kind of the unraveling mm-hmm. and you know i think i think like i like to be fair and i like to have empathy for all sides mm. because i think that we're so good at pushing a falling fence and we're so good at just everyone attacking this way and nothing is black and white there's there's gray so it was a different time. If we look back in history, there's going to be so much that we're going to be ashamed of. Um, the key is to look at things and never, do, you know, move forward and get better. Um, when you know better, you can do better and you can get better. Um, I'm not excusing anyone's behavior because it was obviously it was awful. Um, awful. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that they made this documentary because, you know, um, I was under the assumption that her dad was doing the right thing by her. Because it really mm-hmm. isn't easy, the position that he's in, to do what he has to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I And I know that, um, you know, it's got to be hard. Mm-hmm. And obviously something happened at some point where she was like, okay, that's it. And Maybe it was the kids thing that we've heard in the news that, yeah. you know, he had a situation with, with one, one of the, of kids, the yeah. kids but um but i i and you know i i really hate painting villains cuz we aren't in there to know the right. truth um so i just i i caution everybody we're so quick to jump and villainize people we don't really know what goes on behind closed doors and i think if we started to operate like that mm. we would have a much better society because now, like, no one's even... It used to be we're innocent until proven guilty. Now everyone's just guilty. That's it. And if you don't agree, then you're dead. Mm. Um, so I think it's really hard, but I'm really glad they made the documentary because I think that Brittany deserves a lot of empathy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that she definitely... um, You know, it was the rise of the, the gossip magazines. It yeah. was the rise of social media. It was just... It was just a perfect storm Mm -hmm. and it really took her, her. took her, it took Mm her, um, Mm -hmm. you know, she's not the same and I don't know if she ever will be. Yeah. Um, you know, that girl that, you know, we posted that interview Mm -hmm. I did with her, um, you know, that sweet kind of innocent girl just got Mm -hmm. taken and it's really sad and she's not the only one. Yeah. Um, you look at like Amanda Bynes. You look, I mean, there's so many, so many, so many, um, examples of people who were not given any kind of grace Mm -hmm. in the public and, you know, are not, there's no forgiveness for anybody making a mistake anymore. Why do you think we're all so high anxiety? We're terrified to make mistakes. Um, and I don't think that's a good way to live. And if you, I think if we went back to like, do unto others as you would want done to you, I think we really need a return to that. Um, but it was, it was really sad to watch. But at the same time, I think that it was so needed for people to understand her definitely and what's gone on. And, and this is just just grazing.
1: I know, I really hope and I asked Maria this earlier. I was like, do we think we'll ever hear from her? Like I'm so I hope so and I'm so interested to hear um maybe years 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 down the line, but from her and how like just her take on everything. It's ugh, yeah. I think everyone needs to watch this movie and her yeah. doc. It was really sad. Steven, you got to watch. You got to yeah. watch, but
0: you- All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack
1: her um, assistant slash mm. managers at Felicia. But then it was crazy when she came back into work that they just gave her a job doing the stadium tours. Mm-hmm. Like that to me was like, ooh, they're not letting anyone in. And that's really sad and scary because that was probably yeah. like a second mom to her.
0: Yeah. I, I think uh, I think that girl has lived a very lonely life. Yeah. Very painful and lonely life. Yeah. And, uh, and it's sad. Mm-hmm. So anyway... Um, I hope, I hope it, it leads to a lot of people doing better and, and learning from mistakes and we all make them. We just have to learn from them and try not to, and just always remember like, and, and it doesn't mean that I haven't maybe even inadvertently hurt someone in my life too. And you have probably inadvertently hurt someone Mm -hmm. not thinking, right? Like Mm -hmm. we have to think a little bit more before we act and we have to want, we have to remember to do unto others as we would want done to us. That was a really good lesson growing up that my parents used to say. And, um, and I think we need a return to that. Can we also
2: visit the, you know, pushing of your children at that young age to be in that,
0: I know people ask me all the time. They're like, "Do you know just like a good like agent or a modeling agent?" I'm like, "No, please don't, don't do, it. do it." I say all the
2: time: school plays,
3: lessons, <laughs> summer
2: camps for film and to all, prepare, get strong, learn the craft. But none of that other stuff, you know. Not you know, maybe you know, like a little tease here and there, maybe like if fine. But really, the, I say all the time, and I tell you, I see these greedy parents, and they're like, their faces just melt. And they get so, like, upset. And I shouldn't say greedy. It's the narcissism. It's the the dream they want.
0: Yeah, but also I think that there's a drive from people. Everybody wants their kid to be the special one. Right? Yeah, that too, but that's You want to know that you created what, something special.
2: You, you want to, you, narcissism.
0: And, and also, you want, like, them and to have everything. That's right, because
2: you think... You you think that that would have made your life yeah so amazing? Not realizing that that's the worst thing. Well, i so I so my so my message out of this movie is that I mean the kid I don't know what chance she had. Yeah. Go ahead, Stephen. What you gonna say? I
3: I kind of disagree with you nowadays though, Kev, on that because it used to be that way where it was the parents trying to live their dreams through their children or they're wanting their as Maria said to have their kids be special. But I think the dynamic of incentives for children to be famous has changed with dance moms and changed with TikTok and Instagram. No, no, it, just, all it hasn't
2: changed. It's just been elevated and it's been spread, which is even scarier. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm addressing the parents is because you have the power to say, I'm taking your phone away. My friend Pat O'Connor, do you know, like once a week, the wife comes home and she sees the three phones from his three triplets on the table. She goes, oops, what'd they do this time? Okay, phones immediately. Laptops. Okay, all right, now we're going to work in the kitchen with your laptops open so I can see your homework. Laptop's closed. That's it.
3: Mm. Yeah. But that comes from think, them being good parents. Like, like, what did I
2: be... And what did I say, Stephen? It's about the parents. That's what I'm yeah. saying. They'll take a look at this. That's what I see. It's reporters and I'm forgive. Yeah, but we're all whatever. People are just right now they want to cancel and tear down everybody. But to me, like everyone's a... Every, everyone's on Instagram and TikTok and this and that, like living this alternative life and it's all about likes and things like that. And, you know, we just had someone very close to us through social media lose their life, you know, a, a kid. Um, and I think that that's where, you know, parents need to, you know, be tough, separate themselves of what they want or what they think is, you know, and, and, and draw the line. I know it's hard because I know I was a girl on our street, like a, 14-year-old blonde girl, like crying and walking aimlessly and I just drove slow behind her and I rolled my window. and I said, are you okay? I'm fine. And I'm like, okay. And then I was with her for a little bit, driving very slowly and then her mom came. And I think I told you the story. Mm-hmm. And so the mom pulled over and she said, you know, we, we she just wants to, she posts all these like things and we don't want her in that world and she's fighting We don't know, we literally don't know what yeah.
0: To do. It's really hard to be it's a parent. It's really hard.
2: It, well, what did Papu say? What did your dad say?
0: I don't remember he said a lot. Well, <laughs> he would
2: always say, and again, I didn't have parents who did this. So I you guys, like I'm not I'm not pointing the finger at judging because I had parents who would let probably would have let me do stuff. But your dad was like, Do you think I like saying no to you, Maria? Mm-hmm. You think it's fun for me yep. to not give you your way? You don't think it's I
0: want to say no? Mm, yeah <laughs> that's what he used to tell me and i actually understood it and i'm like he's right actually because mm-hmm. i'm pushing and i'm trying and
1: well i'll be interested to see um too like with megan mm-hmm. she has been she was an actress since she was like four yeah. she was like she's been I would, working since she was four and she was like four yeah. she was like she's been would, working since she was four
0: okay All right, well, let's get to our interview with Megan Good. She is a best-selling author, award-winning actress, director, entrepreneur, philanthropist, hailing from humble roots. Megan was constantly told by those around her that her aspirations were unrealistic Yet Megan never wavered. She's appeared and starred in numerous feature films and television shows like Eve's Bayou, Think Like a Man, Shazam, *Inkerman 2, and Minority Report, as well as several music videos. Let's not forget Friday, by the way. Um, Despite her incredible success, her greatest Hollywood achievement may reside in Megan's continued devotion to her faith and principles. Her daily prayer rituals give her answers to life's questions, including how to find a husband. Together... With that husband, she wrote the New York Times bestseller, The Wait*, a book on patience, trust, and faith in relationship. Uh, Megan also works very hard to mentor and coach younger women. She is living proof that you can maintain your ethics and beliefs and fulfill your dreams even in the most challenging situations. There may be no more challenging time than today. Megan's going to teach us how to heal, grow, and succeed. Megan, I'm so glad to have you here today. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, we were just kind of uh, uh, trying to figure out a question just before the show, and we were chatting a little bit about Britney Spears' documentary. Have you seen it yet, mm-hmm. by the way?
4: I haven't seen it yet, but I've followed Britney for her entire career and love her.
0: Yeah, we um, we were chatting about it and how hard it is for a young person to be thrust into the spotlight and to have, I mean, she's, you know, one of maybe five of the biggest superstars that ever walked this planet. Um, But it is hard to be in the spotlight at such a young age. And then we're like, we're talking about it. We're like, wait, we'll we'll talk to Megan. She actually um, (laughs) has been doing this since she was four. So I don't know if anybody here will have a better take than you have on what that's like and how you kind of, can keep yourself, um, safe through all of it. Um, but, um, and, and then, you know, do you encourage people who are like, Hey, I want to get my, my kid into acting or do you know Mm -hmm. of an agent? I get that question all the time. And I'm always like, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) But you might have a different perspective. I'm curious.
4: Yeah. I mean, um, I think, well, one of the things about my journey that I really appreciate is that, it's been a slow, steady climb and it's had seasons where it's gone up and seasons where it's gone down. And so as a child, I wasn't as big as like a Raven Simone or a Macaulay Culkin, but I was working and people knew me and would recognize me in the store and that kind of thing. But it was very um, balanced. You know, Mm -hmm. it was, it was enough that I could continue to move forward, but not too much that it was overwhelming, but I've spent my entire life, pretty much never going somewhere and someone not being like, Hey, aren't you that kid? And then now, you know, as an adult, but um, I think, you know, watching Britney Spears, you know, we're the same age. And so when she first came out, I loved her, was obsessed with her. And, um, and then watching kind of, you know, the, the season that she went through when um, I think, is she, is she officially um, diagnosed with bipolar?
0: I don't know.
4: I don't know for sure either. So I don't want to uh, misspeak, yeah. but um, I do have friends that um, have bipolar that it didn't surface until they were like 26 years old. And oh wow, the person that I knew who they are the same people now, but it extremely um, shifted them in a way that they obviously hadn't anticipated and it caused certain behaviors and certain things. And it was really heartbreaking the the scrutiny that they went through and they're not even being scrutinized by the entire world. Mm. And so watching um, her journey, I just, it really broke my heart to see, you know, how people treated her and how they just, you know, they didn't handle her with love and with care mm-hmm. and um, we're not open to her situation or what she was dealing you know, with. And I think that no matter what level you're at in your life or your career, that's always a challenging thing. I mean, you know, People, God forbid, commit suicide over things that people say on social media, you know, that live in like
0: Minnesota and they're just, you know, going. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy, Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. What do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. to do anything else it is incredible i love it frizz free up your schedule with way go to the way t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com and enter the promo code Heel squad for 15 percent off any product that's the way t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com promo code Heel squad trust me you won't regret it through
4: being bullied in school and that's like overwhelming in itself obviously so i think brady spears has done an incredible job um coming back from what she's experienced, managing herself, being a mother, doing all the things that she has continued to do. And I'm glad that um, even all of that didn't drive her away from doing something that clearly she loves doing. And um, yeah, I'm just a a big supporter of her, but definitely that's, it's so, it's so, so challenging um, and rough, you know? So.
0: Yeah. I, you know, you said something that is interesting. I guess we should do, we should do an episode, on, on bipolar, mm-hmm. I, I want to learn more. I didn't realize that it can just surface at 26. Yeah. And and I wonder if you know, like, is it like a pile on of events? Because it feels like with Brittany, and we'll, we'll get away from Brittany. And we're just, we were mm-hmm. just talking about it before, and then it ended up now trickling into your conversation. But it felt like, to me, a pile up of events that just kept taking from her and taking from her and taking from her and taking from her mm-hmm. that maybe just kind of led to that but
4: well with my friend that went through it it was one event um one life-shifting event that was kind of like you know the camel And, and maybe there were things that happened before that I'm not aware of but um there was one event that she shared with me that's pretty big and that was kind of the beginning point of just like when things started you know, all this behavior. We had, I, I didn't, I hadn't even heard of bipolar at that point. I didn't even know what it was. Mm-hmm. So when she was doing things, I was like, wait, what's going on? I'm like, am I crazy or am I misreading this? Or like, is this kind of, you know? And so, um, and then once her mother made me aware of it and, and, um, and then now I have, I think I have four friends that have been um, diagnosed bipolar. Wow. Um, so, you know, you know, when, when they're kind of going through a season, in a moment, you, you know it, you feel it, and, and I'm sensitive to it. And then when they're, you know, in a great place, you know it, you feel it, you know, and I'm sensitive to that as well because it's hard when you've done things and you're in that moment that people now judge you for when you're in a great place. And it's it's really unfortunate because they're not 100% themselves when they're doing that, you
0: know. Yeah. Were people ever inappropriate with you? in your journey, asking you like really inappropriate things they shouldn't have been asking you at a young age. I'm curious if you have that same kind of experience.
4: Um, yeah, I mean, I still have that experience, (laughs) Um, but I think, uh, yeah, you know, there's definitely situations that have been a little awkward. Um, but I think because I was doing it so young, I learned how to navigate those things and Mm -hmm. it's an unfortunate thing, but one of those things was just to act oblivious, you know, like if it Mm -hmm. was, someone that was a lot older than me in a higher position of power, you know, flirting with me, you know, when I'm in the audition room or something crazy like that, I would just act oblivious that that's what was going on because the sad thing is before the me too movement really, you know, came full circle. If you called someone out on that, or if you reacted a certain way, then now people say you're difficult or they don't want to work with you or, or, you know, whatever it may be, or that never happened, or that wasn't my intention or whatever. And so, um, you know, my generation, it was just like you just act like you didn't know that was going on unless it gets to a point where you just have to go, like, okay, hold up.
0: yeah, you know, yeah, I'm forty two and I feel like I kind of did a lot of that too, where you're like, hey, and you just kind of laugh it off and you just scurry away and hope everything is like gonna be okay because otherwise you yeah. you couldn't say anything.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the good thing is it's a different day and age um, in so many ways. And I think that we're making progress on a lot of fronts. And um, it's nice to not have to ever feel like that again, you know, in, yeah. in those types of scenarios. But I also think, you know, we, we're we in, in the extreme phase right now too, where, you know, it's like, we just had like a workplace meeting. And for the first week, I think everyone was scared to like, you know, it's like, you don't know what's gonna offend somebody or what's gonna be weird. And I think it's important to go to the far extreme in order to find balance. Um, But I think we're still in it, you know, a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, you're um, shooting a show right now. I don't know if you're able to say, so I don't want to, am I, are we okay to talk about it?
4: Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't, we don't have an official name for it yet, so we're still entitled, but um, I'm here in New York and I love New York and it's snowing. And um, the girls that I'm working with are just, it just makes me so happy because Anytime I do a show, it's like, you know, it's, it's not a a race, it's a marathon, you know, you're on it for months and months at a time. Mm -hmm. If the show does great, you're talking about years at a time. So for me, I'm, I'm a big hippie and I've done you know, majority of just like stayed in the film space because I'm like, I don't want to know what my next job is or like where I'm going to be or what character I'm going to play or what country I'm going to be in. And so now that I'm older and I've been married for nine years and, you know, we're talking about starting a family and stuff, I want a little bit more stability. And mm-hmm. so it's nice to be in a place that I could potentially be in for years with people I really, really love and enjoy spending time with. And like, you know, my my co-star Grace lives like, you no know, three floors below me. And like, she just comes over in the middle of the night for like sugar, you know, and it's, it's really great. And, um, the producers and Amazon, everybody is really great.
0: That's so cool. Um, I'm sure, is this like the first kind of show that you're doing in COVID? I'm curious, like, or did you do something before?
4: Yeah, I shot a movie for a Lifetime called Death Save My Life. Oh yeah, That of comes course. out this Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I shot that during COVID, um, And, you know, it was definitely crazy and an adjustment, but it was great and everyone was great and we felt super safe. And it was nice to see human beings and actually know that not only is everybody being tested every day, but they literally had the entire crew up at one hotel. So nobody was like leaving the bubble. So, you know, if you wanted to hug someone, you were actually like in a pretty decent place to do it versus, you know, just the month prior where I just really didn't see anybody Um, except for my family once we had all um, quarantined. And uh, this show, I was shooting this in March when Mm. the pandemic
0: started. Oh my God, that's crazy because that's at the beginning. I mean, that's when the brave ones went forward.
4: (laughs) You know, it was like, it was like one second. It was like, okay, so the pandemic, okay, is this happening? Is this really happening? And we weren't sure. And then it was like, pretty much after Tom Hanks got it and they shut down the NBA, everyone was like, this is real. (laughs) And <laughs> so, um, I just got the yeah chills. the plane straight home and had no idea I'd be home for a year. but, um it, as horrible as it has been, I tend to just look at the positive and the positive is I got more time with God. I got time to pray and work on trauma and just work on myself and be intentional about my healing, my growth. I got a ton of amazing time with my husband, which, Hasn't happened the whole time we got married. I we I literally got engaged and was on the way to the airport and like almost missed the flight and got on the flight and everyone was looking like the plane was like waiting an extra two minutes for a person and I'm like I got engaged. And everyone's <laughs> like, Yay! Um, but that's been our whole marriage is like yeah. on the run, on the run. You know, I'm seven months here, three months there. He's a month here, you know, two months there. So being able to spend time with them is was like heaven, you know? And yeah, even when he got on my nerves, I loved it. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. I think, um, you know, I want to talk to you about, um, all of that. You know, that's what we do here every single day. Our goal is to know better and get better and do better and all areas of life. And, um, we're constantly having conversations about our traumas and healing. So maybe we mm-hmm. start there. I mean, was the time at home kind of the impetus for you to face some traumas that maybe you hadn't faced before? I think so. I
4: think that um, when you're going, 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 and by the grace of God, I've been able to work consistently. It was nice to have a moment to just sit down and say, okay, you know, and even with with marriage, you know, we made an executive decision to start doing marriage counseling and it wasn't because there was something wrong. It was like, let's be proactive. We have this time. We don't know when it's going to end, but let's make sure this time is used in a way that is valuable to our future and valuable to what we want to accomplish in life. And so we did marriage counseling for like five months. During you know? COVID?
0: Like
4: during COVID. Oh, wow. Over Zoom, like with the intention to just look under the hood and see, you know, what we might need to work on and what we can grow from. Um, and it was great because, you know, we both we both have trauma from growing up as children. You know, my, my husband's um, father died when he was nine. Um, he was an alcoholic and he um, had two heart attacks and passed away. And, um, you know, just having conversations about, you know, me growing up in the business and, and some of the bullying I experienced, like growing up in a predominantly white neighborhood, being like one of one black family until I was like, dang near 13. And then when all the black kids started moving in, it was like, they were like, what's wrong with you? Why do you sound like that? And, you know, you're an Oreo and all that kind of stuff. And then being in the business and, you know, you experience as I was like in my early twenties is like when the media takeouts, the boss ups, and then they used to post like really kind of mean things sometimes. And then you look at the
0: commentary and there's a, <laughs> bonus. Wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. hundred nice
4: things, but there's like four like really nasty things and you harp on it and you take it personally and you take it into your spirit and you kind of fight not to let it make you bitter or make you think that that's what everybody thinks. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and there's just, there's so many layers of it. It's like, you get better at that. But then like for me, then, you know, when Devon and I got married, it was very much, um, you know, Devon is in ministry. He preaches, he's a minister, but his day job is he's a film producer, you know? Um, But he motivational speaks, he writes books. And so, when Devon and I got together, the commentary was very much like Californication actress and Mary's Hollywood pastor. And I'm like, well, first of all, he's not a pastor. I've only been on like eight episodes of Californication. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of other things, but but it was like that sensationalizing, you know, uh, that kind of dynamic. And then I dealt with just a lot of like attacks from some church people, which to me hit totally different because I'm like, but this is supposed to be my safe place. And like, we're supposed to be Christians and treat each other with love and respect. And it's okay to correct if you feel spirit led to correct, but correct in love, you know, it's about how you treat and handle people. Um, And that was really, really rough for me because I just, I felt like I was going out to the firing squad and Mm. I could never not be me. And it would be about like how I was dressed or like had too much cleavage or if something was too tight or if I was, kissing my co-star in a movie because he's playing my husband, but I'm married in real life. And like, it just was like so much that I was like, wow, you know, why does it have to be like this? And I think it took me years to even go back into church, you know? And, and so, yeah, there's always something, but there's a lot of that stuff that's connected to other stuff that Is triggering, and just saying like, okay, let's sit down, let's let's deal with this, and let's talk about it. And and I'm always like very vocal about it when I talk, because I think you know everything we go through is not for nothing. Mm -hmm. We go through it so that we can help someone else and say, you know, I've been there, I've walked in your shoes, I know what that feels like, and I'm not just saying it; no, I actually know. So I feel like it's it's all a blessing at the end of the day because it is for purpose and for to use for something bigger than yourself and what you actually experienced, but it's still challenging, you know, and you still got to work through that stuff.
0: So how did you work through those traumas? Like, what was your plan? Did you, did you do like EMDR? Did you like, what was, what was your, your healing plan?
2: And what um, worked? Just
0: <laughs> Feel
4: it. Let it be okay to feel it you know, um, because every time I would feel it, I would feel like it was like a a feeling that would come over me and it would be overwhelming and it would kind of be like shocking that all of a sudden I'd bust out crying, which when I didn't expect to, you know, and so I think um, just feeling it and then saying like, God, how do you want me to feel about this? How should I feel about this? Okay, I'm not there yet. Can you show me how to get there? What should I do? What are the steps that I should do daily? How do I take care of myself? How do I have peace? What do I need to step away from? Who do I need to step away from? Where do I not need to go? Um, and just like being very specific and intentional with God about what my process is and what I need. Cause obviously he knows what I need better than I could even fathom, you know? Um, and then also like when we were marriage counseling, you know, some of that stuff 100% leads into your marriage. So just having those conversations in those moments, like this is why I react this way, because this is triggering for me because of this thing that has nothing to do with you,
1: mm-hmm. but
4: because it feels like this, when you do this, I respond this way because that's all of what it does. And so just being aware of that stuff and being able to talk to myself and be like, okay, Megan, take a, take a breath. This is because of this. And your husband always has the best intentions for you his whole goal is to make sure that you are well and that you are protected, that you feel safe. So just bring it back in. He's not trying to do this. This is what he's trying to do. He doesn't always do it perfectly. It's not always the best way, but if at least I know Mm -hmm. where his heart is. And I think about that first, everything else can lead from there.
0: I think that's so important to know what your triggers are and to be able to Mm -hmm. explain them to your partner so that they know, it's not them. Like Kevin knows, my husband's here, by the way. He knows that I'm always going to be like triggered and terrified that I'm going to be poor again. <laughs> and so right. I am a non-spender, like as much as I can. Like I, he's pushed me out of my boundaries and like, you know, Maria, you need to like buy yourself something. You need to do this. But there are certain things that just we grew up and we had you know, at one point we, my parents, you know, lost their, their jobs and my mm-hmm. uncle was leaving groceries at the stairs. We didn't have money. And, um, and that's a scary thing. And yeah. so I have that, like that trauma that just is so scary. So anytime I see him spending, I'm like, <gasps> and then it took a while yeah. for him to realize, okay, it's just her OCD about money and her traumas about money. It's not about me To Right, honey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. I think, no, I think it's <laughs> yes.
2: important. I never heard you verbalize it like that, but yeah. you're right. Like I think it, what both of you guys are saying is like, if you can recognize the triggers, mm-hmm. then you have more empathy and you can be a little more sensitive. And you don't take things
0: personally. Yeah. So I think that's such a great tip for people um, to to share with their partners. I think that's great. I also love marriage counseling before you need the marriage counseling because you can get the little sparks before they become flames. hmm
4: Yeah. And I think that I'm big on that, you know, especially in this city. But in general, I feel like some people don't value marriage as much as others. Um, And sometimes people get married and it's like, well, if it doesn't work out, then we'll get a divorce. And me going into marriage is like, I'm never getting a divorce. You know, that's my mindset. That's my attitude. That's my intention. Um, And I wanna give my marriage the best possibility to succeed and to win. And in doing that, I have to acknowledge that everybody thinks that everybody thinks they're never going to get divorced, you know, Mm -hmm. to some degree and to not do the work and to not prepare and be proactive about your marriage as if it's something, you know, like your career, you're proactive about what you want to accomplish and your goals. Why would you not be more proactive about your marriage? Mm -hmm. And so to think that I'm above that or above anybody else's situation is ludicrous. So for me, it's like, you know, end of on as well. It's like, let's do the work before we're like, you know, putting out fires and trying to do the work. Like, let's be, let's maintenance our marriage and be very intentional as if it's something that we want to last
0: forever, you know? The other thing you mentioned earlier, along with working on your traumas was having more time with God. And I definitely want to talk about your relationship with God and how that works, because I think we need more models of what that looks like and Mm -hmm. how you can cultivate that relationship. Um, And, you know, you, you've talked about how you met your husband and part of that was through just talking to God and, and God leading you to him. Um, I always say I have like a, a direct line, like I'm, I'm constantly talking and constantly asking and I, I hear things. And I've learned how to distinguish them, but it's kind of a hard thing to teach. And it was one thing that I really wanted to ask you today is, how mm-hmm. do you communicate with God? How have you cultivated that relationship? And how do you know it's not your inner monologue that it's God? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I didn't grow up in like a church household. We
4: never went to church. Um, and I started going to youth group when I was about 12. Um, just cause my acting coach was like a godmother to me and she was one of the youth pastors. So I would just go. And then, um, two of my kind of like friends, associates from school, um, they, because there was a lot of bullying with me being black, um, they were really kind of like protectors of me for no good reason. They didn't know me that well, but they were just protectors of me. And, um, they got into a really bad car accident and um, there was five people in the car. They were babysitting a, a four-year-old as well. Um, everybody else in the car died except for them, the two of them. Um, and uh, one of them, her name was Barbara. She ended up getting severe brain damage. Um, her older sister uh, died in the accident with her. And um, Alicia, she um, ended up coming out physically the least unscathed, but obviously emotionally you know, in worst condition you could be in. And we went on a youth group retreat. She ended up getting saved. And I just was very intrigued because I was like, wouldn't you be mad at God? Like, why would that make you get saved instead of like turn away from him? And she really kind of set the example for me that started my curiosity and my own journey. And um, over the years, I kind of like went through all these phases where like, you know, when I was young, I was like super religious, like Bible stomping, like told my older sister, you know, when she lost her virginity, I cried because I didn't want her to go to hell. I was like that. And like none <laughs> of my friends told me when they lost their virginity. Um, and then from that to like, it was crazy.
0: And I love then that none that of my to, friends told like,
4: me. <laughs> It, it was, yeah, it was very dramatical. Um, and then and then as I got older, it was very much like, I'm trying to do everything by the book, but it's not working out. So F it, I'm going to do what I want to do. And like, I went through all these seasons and, and once I got to a certain point, I realized that I was being so religious about my relationship with God that I didn't know that I really even had a real relationship with him. I didn't know if I was actually really hearing from him. Like I knew that he was covering me and protecting me and that he was answering some prayers, but I didn't know if I was really hearing from him. And so my relationship with him started to shift um, in my probably early to mid twenties, where I stopped being so about literally what I'm reading, but saying, well, God, what do you say about this? What do you say to me about this specifically? You know, And just started asking for clarity and asking questions and stopped making it about just what I was taught in church or what was the church culture but really, like, I need a relationship with you that's me and you. Like you said, a direct line. Mm-hmm. Whereas if somebody comes up to me and they're like, God gave me a word for you. There's been people I've told straight up and I'm like, no, he didn't. Because that's how crisp I hear from him now where I'm like, okay, that's not, that's not. what God. You know what I'm saying? Other times my spirit goes, it's like I can feel the Lord like, this is for you. This is the word for you, you know? and And so my spirit is so discerning now that over time i've really fine-tuned my ear to the point of where's when god told me demon was my husband it was like crystal clear it was like
0: like you know how was, was that like process shocked? tell everybody how that process came to be
4: um so i met demon on a general meeting when i was like 24 and um it was basically like we one of the conversations we had was about being christians in the industry and about using our platforms for something bigger than us and so there was that and then i'd see him over the next couple of years and i was like oh he's cute but you know he was the guy he was a studio executive head so i'm like that's the guy who gives you the job you know i just didn't think anything more than that and then um i was uh i got cast in jumping the broom which was an interesting situation because they had offered it to Paula Patton. she had passed and i was coming in to test for that part And in the 11th hour, she changed her mind and accepted it. And so, you know, we were kind of like, I was like, well, look, can I at least show you what I was going to do so that at least you keep me in the mind, you know, in mind for the future for something, you know? So I came in, I did a great job. They were like, we still want to cast you. We're going to give you the best friend role. We're going to beef it up. We're going to rewrite it, blah, blah. Wow. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that, you know? And I kind of had the attitude of like, I, I want to play the lead though, you know? And um, I prayed about it and God was kind of like, who do you think you are? Mm. And I was like, whoa. I was like, who do you think you are? I was like,
1: okay, So <laughs> then
4: I like called him back. I was like, I will very happily accept this role, you know? And so... Went to Nova Scotia, was filming. Um, I was on the tail end of like a relationship that was like almost four years. Um, it, was, it wasn't the best relationship. We definitely were, you know, kind of emotionally and verbally abusive to each other. And it just wasn't the best, you know? And, and he's a great person. We just weren't right for each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, towards the end of that filming, I remember like looking at Devon on set because he was the executive, making sure everything was running smoothly. Um, I was just like, you know, that's the kind of guy I wish I could marry. And the relationship that I had been in had beat down some of my self worth to the point where I just felt God was, I felt that Devon was out of my league. And that was not someone that God would give to me, you know? And so um, I remember as we were wrapping up filming, I was like at the lowest point of just, yeah, I felt like I had made so many mistakes and like I just wasn't in a good place. And so I was just like, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. And I am, am really, really struggling here and I need guidance and tell me what to do because clearly the way I'm doing things is not the way you want me to do them and it's not working for me. So God said three things. One, get out of the relationship you're in, um, which was tough because I really love the person. We were like building a house and, you know, in Florida and I found out that he was going to propose that next Valentine's day. And
0: even though um, things I were really, rough, even though things were rough.
4: Yeah. And I still very much loved him and wanted to be with him. So number one was get out of that relationship. Number two, God was like, be celibate. And I was like, wait, Lord, now you know, (laughs) this is the area where we all come on. We have an understanding, you know? Um, And number three was that Devon was my husband. And so um,
1: how
0: did this come to you? Like, I want people who are listening. They're like, okay, God's telling her these, what does this mean? What does God talking to you look like or sound like or feel like?
4: Um, well, I was on my knees and I was crying and just like basically calling out for help and pleading. And, um, and when I say I was like in a really low place, I was like in a place of like, I didn't feel like I deserved to be here. You know, I was like really just on my knees in it. And I could hear God's voice. Like I could hear it. um, And I can't tell you exactly what it sounded like, but it was very crisp, very clear, very straight to my ear um, and loud, you know, when he said that Devon was my husband. The other two things, if I'm not mistaken, were said softer. Um, and more like I could feel him saying it inside of me. Mm. Um, the Devon part, I could hear it outside of me. I could just hear it loud. Um, and so. So what did you do? Uh, well, I got out of the relationship. Um, and then I revisited it for two seconds and I just immediately felt like, okay, I'm just being disobedient. Let me stop. Um, I decided to become celibate. I failed miserably at first uh and then finally got it together and I remember telling a friend of mine and I was like hey you know and it was like five months after I knew and I told her I was like yeah I was like um, God told me that Devon's my husband and she was like wow she's like girl you know he's celibate right and I was like that's crazy because so am I and she was like no he's for real celibate and I was like what ah. do you mean <laughs> um come to find out because he had been preaching um he had been celibate for 10 years and it was like people who knew, knew like, he's not the one, he's not going to do it. Like, he's like, I'm up here, I'm preaching. I can't be this person here and then be that person there. Um, and he's very disciplined. So I was like, wow, that's crazy. I also didn't know that he was a minister and that he preached, um, which really freaked me out too. Cause I was like, I don't want to be no minister's wife, you know? Um, but I was like, in the same breath, I know what God told me. So five months in, I started telling friends and family that he was my husband. A few people were like, does he know he's your husband? And I'm like, I don't <laughs> know. And they are like, this is so you funny. know you sound crazy, right? And I'm like, yeah, I know how I sound, but I also know what God told me. Um, so four months after that, at the nine-month mark, uh, was the premiere for the movie. Grabbed all my girlfriends. You know, I was like, you guys are going to meet my husband tonight. At the premiere, we're like following him around, like teenage girls, like watching him, like in the distance. I was like, that's him, da-da-da. And then at one point, he actually started walking towards us, and we couldn't get down the staircase fast enough. And so he's like, Hey, and I was like, Hey, uh, yeah. Um, so this is my friend, um, Sterling, Amy, we were just going out, you know, it was like totally embarrassing. And he ended up at the end of the night, like pulling me to the side. We ended up talking. There was someone who was talking me to death every time he got pulled away to talk. And I literally grabbed the person and I shook them and I was like, listen, stop bothering me. I'm trying to talk to my husband right now. And um, that person was like, oh. And then the next thing you know, when me and Devon were talking again, that same person put their arms around us. And they were like, you guys should go on a date. And I'm like, and then Devon was like, yeah. Do you want to go get tea? And I'm like, sure. And so two weeks later, he asked me out. Ten months later, we were engaged. One month later, we were married and oh we're gosh. going on the nine-year
0: mark. And I wow. Still like <laughs> All because she talked to God and God told her. Cause otherwise you would have probably stayed in that other relationship that wouldn't have been Mm -hmm. good. And, um, wow.
4: A lot could have been different. I, I never
0: even thought
4: like, you know, about him that way because it was like, that's the guy you get the job. Like you just don't do that, you know? And um, also I've always dated like a little bit of bad boys, like lots of tattoos and, you know that kind of thing um and Devon was very different than what I had dated before you know I definitely thought he was cute but I was like I don't know if he could handle this personality like I'm a Leo you know through and through I got all my childhood trauma from growing up the industry I can be legit crazy um mm-hmm. but he has a way that is very shocking like my my ex when we would fight he would try to not intentionally, but it was, it almost felt like bullying. And I'm like, I might be five foot, two and a half, but I will never be bullied by anybody because growing up in the business, you have to learn how to speak up for yourself or otherwise Mm -hmm. people will take advantage or try to manipulate your path or, you know, so it was like, I'm just not the one. So when we would fight, it would be like, you know, two universes colliding and it'd just be bad. And then with Devon, I remember the first fight we got in, And it was just like he had a way about him. You know, he was like, okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, he didn't feed the fire. "Mm, Yeah, and
4: yeah, I just would go back and I'd be like, maybe I must, I don't know. Let me, you know, and it's just completely different. It's like everything that I need and what I didn't even know I wanted. And I just, obviously I love him, but I also like him a lot. That's
0: so cool. I I always say like one of my things growing up was always asking you shall receive. I always used to mm-hmm. say that and yeah. I feel like I ask God for signs all the time and then I get them but I listen to them and I trust them and yeah. I feel like you know if you don't believe in God then you know you can think about it you know in, in a different term or the universe or maybe your God is Buddha or I don't know everybody's got their own but yeah. there is a higher power out there and, mm-hmm. and you can have, um, a relationship and, and I think it's, um, I think it's really cool to hear your story. And, um, and I, I remember, I think it was an Oprah interview. I was listening to you and you were talking about, maybe it was that interview. I don't know, but you were talking about, you didn't know if you wanted to be a mom And at the beginning of this, you said you guys were going to start raising a family. So it sounds like you've made that decision.
4: Yeah. (laughs) I just got there, you know, like in the last few years, I'd say, because, you know, for the moment you get married, everyone's like, we're going to have kids. Mm -hmm. And I hate that, you know, because I wasn't even sure if I wanted to have kids. And, um, and I just felt like people were trying to like pressure me and it aggravated me. And as a Leo, anytime you pressure me, I'm going to do the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. I don't even have time to think about the fact that you might be right because I don't like that you're pressuring me. And, um, so for years, you know, and it's great. Cause Devon's just been patient. You know, I knew that he wanted kids, um, and wants kids, but he just never pushed, you know, and it's, it's kind of amazing. And so, um, yeah, like in the last, I'd say like two years, two and a half, three years, I'm like, okay. And then I think I just got to a place where I'm like, okay, not just okay, but like we're about there. It's about that time where I want to do that next. That's what's exciting to me next in in this kind of like short but long life full of just tons of experiences and and unique things that I've gone through, that I've seen, that I've done. That's what I'm excited about next, you know? And I feel very settled, like I've done everything I want to do. And the other things that I want to do are things that I kind of want to do with it kid on my hip because it's just so much more badass that way. And so, um, yeah, I'm
0: just, I'm excited. So you're thinking about like five, right? Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> more like two, maybe, <laughs> you know, we're in the same situation and I, you know, for me, I, I always looked at my parents like they were my kids. Cause I always have been taking care of my parents yeah. and, And so kids like kind of just weren't in my ether. And also I was like you, I didn't know if I really was meant to do it or wanted to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we've, you know, gone through the IVF journey and we have our embryos and now we found a surrogate and we finally got there, just like you said, um, where I was like, you know, I think it would be really Great. And I think I am ready for that next journey in life and the same kind of vibe where I'm like, you know, I really want to be like sledding with my kids and I want to like take my kids and go do all the fun stuff that I didn't really get to do when I was younger. I want to get to do it with them. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's, it's, it's so interesting, but I think, and I'm glad that you say that because, you know, even me saying that, like in the last month, there's been like some blowback where people are like, what, you know? And it's like, it doesn't make you bad to be like, that's not what I aspire to. I did not mm-hmm. base my whole life on like, you know, becoming married one day and having kids one day. That's not everybody mm-hmm. and that's okay to say. And I think that there are so many women who feel that way but they just feel like you can't say that, like that makes you like a bad person if that's not what you aspire to. And it's not true. Yeah. It's not for everybody. And maybe it's for certain people in certain seasons, you know, later when they're like, okay, this is what's next, you know? Yeah. And and it's something that I choose to want what's next, you know? And I think it's a really important conversation to have because we don't have it enough. It's I like agree. a weird thing to say. And it's like, but oh,
0: why? Well, it's a different time. Like I always say, my mom's generation, that was the dream. For right. us, they kind of opened up a whole new path for us where it was like, oh no, go live like the dream. Go, yeah. go experience all these things. And um, it's a massive responsibility, as you know. And I was like, I don't know if I can do everything. I, I am not going to put myself in a position where I'm going to be a terrible, mo- a, a terrible mom right. because I can't do it all. And I'm not mm-hmm. ready to give up the things that I want to do to do that. Yeah. I couldn't see a path, Megan, where I could juggle everything, like the yeah, people I- that you know made themselves look like superwoman. I was like I don't think I'm superwoman. <laughs> right. And I and
4: I don't know even if I could do it that I want to. That could be like extremely yeah. stressful, you know, yeah. and and I think life is about quality of life every single day and so I think it's it's a choice that you have to make when you when and if you were in a place where you're like, yeah, I do want to do that. I, I accept the challenge and the responsibility because I choose it. Yeah. You know, what and are it, your and...
0: fears now though? Like, do you have fears now? I mean, my fears. I'll just jump in real fast or like raising kids in this crazy time and then COVID time. Right. And just like, are, are there even going to be schools? Like there's so many uncertainties at right. the same time. There's so many cool positives to it. Like you got time with your husband that you never had. Anyone I know that's had a baby in COVID actually got to be with their baby. That was kind of cool.
4: Yeah, yeah. same. My, my sister, my my youngest nephew is one. He'll be two in July. And it was the best thing in the world to get to watch him all this time. Whereas with my, my other nephew, my sister's um, other son who's five, you know, for the moment he was born at five months old, I was off in Vancouver just shooting a TV show and I never got to see like the next, you know, six months of his life, it was just through FaceTime, and that was really disappointing to me. Um, so with with this time, it was like she got to be home with him, I got to be home with him, I got to be home with my mom. We got to, you know, cook and do things just within our little unit after quarantining. It was, and it was perfect. Like that time to me is so invaluable, and I think that kids do experience a lot, you know, going to school. and And if this is a time that God has allowed then I think there's a lot to be gotten out of it that we can choose to focus on that's positive. And, um, I would love that. I would love to like, okay, well, I'm not going back to work cause I can't, you know, um, something's kind of nice about that. Uh, but I think, you know, the reservations I do have is just the responsibility, you know, I'm afraid of, um, not wanting to not being able to do what I want to do when I want to do it mm-hmm. and um and it's and it's you know it's kind of selfish, but it's honest, you know, and mm-hmm. watching um my sister with with my two nephews, you know she is one of the people who's closest to me in the entire world We're not even two years apart, so I see so much of myself and how I would be in her, and you know she balanced a lot her her husband's a musician, he's constantly touring the world. You know, my husband does various things and is constantly touring the world. So I saw so much of what I could expect to some degree. And I know mm-hmm. we're both different and our dynamic, everything, you know, but that was about as close as I was going to get to what it might be like. And and in the beginning, I think, you know, she balanced it all, but it took a lot of everything, sacrifice. you know, a lot of, a lot of sacrifice. And I just wasn't sure that I was ready to sacrifice. And now I feel more sure, but I'm like, yeah, there is the fear, you know, that it's like, but in the same breath, I think that I want them more than I care about the fear. So.
0: Yeah. If they came to you and said, mommy, I want to be in movies and TV and they were young, or if you saw something special in them when they were young, would you be okay with them going on this path? I would.
4: Um, But I think for me, I had the Potential to be one of the ones that that could have fallen off the side of the cliff Um, But for me my relationship with God always brought me back and grounded me Um, It gave me perspective That was invaluable to me just surviving in general Um, And then my relationship with my mom, you know, she never was a stage mom she always was an ally and a friend and a mom Um, and those two things, and then also having people around me who didn't just feed me anything to be in my life or around me, but were always honest with me. And I think those kind of, those three elements with God being the base, um, was really the only thing that kept me because I definitely have a wild personality. I like to enjoy life. I fly by the seat of my pants. I make decisions in the moment. You know, if I was 22 and someone was like, let's go to Vegas right now one person I didn't even have to know the other person I may have only known for six months. And I'd be like, let's go to Vegas. Where are we staying? I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> someone's like, Oh, let's go from Vegas to like Honolulu. I'd be like, cool. How much are the tickets? Like, you know, so um, I think that having all those things in place can make all the difference in the world. And I wouldn't have a problem with them doing it because that's all I know. Like that's the life that I lived and I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think, there are trauma and there's stuff, but I think everyone has trauma and everyone has stuff and I wouldn't do it any differently. So
0: I like your survival guide for parents. Mm-hmm. I think that's really helpful Definitely, because you said things in there that I've not heard other people say. Um, and I think, uh, I think that's really helpful. There was something that before I let you go, I have to ask you, um, you were talking to Kelsey about a moment where you had to kind of stand up for yourself, but you were scared. And I know it's really challenging in this industry to stand up for yourself. And we talked about how we kind of like (laughs) did the nervous giggle sometimes. And sometimes that was the the best offense (laughs) or defense. Um, But there was a moment where you omitted a joke from a comedy you were in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was during the audition process. And then when you went Mm -hmm. to the set, they were like, hey, what about that joke? And it, you yeah. know, tell everybody that, that story. Cause I think it was a really cool way. And if, I don't know how intentional you were about mm-hmm. the whole process, but I th- I thought it was kind of cool.
4: Um, well, it was a really big comedy and something I only dreamed of being able to be a part of. Um, and when I got the call in the audition, um, the, the lines were hilarious and great, but there was one joke about Jesus Um, that I just didn't like and I just didn't feel right about. So um, I didn't make it a big deal. I just simply took it out. And when I sent the audition tape, I just didn't have that line in there. Um, And they didn't notice. And then I came in and I tested and they didn't notice. And then I came in and tested with the big star of the film and had a chemistry test. And they still didn't notice. Um, And then once I got, you know, to the state we were doing it in, we started rehearsing they didn't notice like the first couple days and then out of the blue. And I thought maybe they just were okay that it was out. Um, the director said, Hey, um, you know, there was this one line about Jesus and blah, 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 blah. I don't know where it went, but we just like kind of lost it somewhere and I would love for you to put it back in. And I was like, (laughs) you know, and I was like, you know, it's like you, you, you work for so long, but when you start to get into certain positions, there is a part of you that's like, you know, it's like you want to get along to get along but in the same breath, I will never sacrifice my integrity and what I feel in my spirit is right um, to get along or to, I believe that if God wants me to advance in my career, it will be something that he has organized and he has set in place and it won't um, require me to compromise. And so I was definitely scared, uh, but I was like, I just got to say it. I was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, you know what? It was a joke about Jesus. And um I just, I'm not comfortable with it. I I don't personally don't think it's funny and I don't feel comfortable saying it. it just doesn't sit right in my spirit. And he was like, Oh, cool. Well then don't say it, you know? And that was it. And I was like, that's it. And he was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, cool. All right. Then, you know, and um, yeah, it was just, it was very, it was an incredible moment. Cause I was like, if God is in it, then it will just go the way it's supposed to, you mm-hmm. know, but I don't think I could live with doing something that didn't feel right in my spirit just because you know, I didn't want to make waves or I was just so happy to be there. It was like, it's not worth it. And so.
0: I love that. It is hard though, because it's like, how do you, like if he pushed back and if he said, okay, well, Megan, you're acting, this is a role. It's not you. How do you separate you and the actress in projects Mm -hmm. like do you have to say no to things because you don't agree with them all the time sometimes um not
4: often but it happens um and it's because i come first i come before any character i play my integrity as megan and who i am and who i want to be in the world will come before any job i ever touch and so um if i don't feel that it's something that pleases god or I feel like I'm disrespecting him or I'm, I'm sacrificing my integrity. I just won't do it. Um, and I just trust that God brings something better my way that it fits where I believe that I'm supposed to be. But I have had to, you know say no, I've had to change lines. I've had to have sidebar conversations with the directors. I've been in situations where, you know, it's like because I wouldn't do a certain type of nudity, I'm like, but you don't need that to tell this story. Like, why can't, and it's not that I wouldn't do any nudity at all, but I'm like, why can't we do this or do that? Why does it have to be this? That just feels like gratuitous. And it was like, you're either going to do it or you're not. And I'm like, I guess I won't be doing it Mm -hmm. because I have to live with that being on screen. And every time I see it or think about it, know that I did it just because I wanted to be in that movie so bad. It's not worth it, you know?
0: Yeah. I think that's interesting. And I feel like, you know, unless someone's in that position, you don't realize that it is still you. <laughs> right. And it's hard. Yeah. And, and it just made me start thinking about, like, how rare it must be for a guy to be in that position where it was really like everybody was, you know, Pressure. pushing those yeah. lines for women. Like, I don't think we, how often could we say we've seen nude men on camera?
1: Besides right? The Bachelor? Never. It's all, The Bachelor?
0: <laughs> yeah. You see The Bachelor nude? Oh, my gosh. Don't you remember this
1: last season? Megan, I don't know if you're a fan. but the, Okay, not totally nude. But we talked about it a lot on the show. How? Really? I don't remember. Oh, my gosh. Yes. They were, like, having them do all the, like, stripping down
0: for the dodgeball oh, fights. Oh, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But now, well, no, because things are starting to even out a little uh-huh. bit. Uh-huh. I mean, right. but, you know, 10 years ago no, or 8 years ago or whatever. It was like, <laughs> no, it's like, no, you're the girl. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. And... And it's, Mm -hmm. it's interesting. Um, you know, we're growing, we're getting better. That's
4: we're getting better on, on all fronts. I think we're making really good progress. And like I said, it's nice to be in a workplace where you don't have to worry about anything. It's just not going to happen. And if it does happen, that person's going to be fired.
0: I know, you know, what a difference. Well, Megan, I could talk to you forever. I have like 18 million things I didn't get to, um so Can I ask the
3: question real quick Maria. Yeah, so, Japan. Um Megan, I, I was curious cuz like talking about family and talking about when you decide to start one especially like right now. You're you mentioned your career is such is a, a slow burn, but it feel like you're just in so many major franchises like you're in Shazam, you're in all these great things. Like how do you plan for that especially during COVID when you don't even know like last week it was reported that Shazam 2 would tape in May, but you don't yeah. even know. So like, how do you plan ahead for that? And would you ever like have to make a decision between a huge franchise like that and having kids?
4: Yeah, I, um, we were talking about having kids last year and a lot of the conversation was, well, you know, when is Shazam 2 going? And I've got to be in the best shape of my life for that. And then what are we going to finish the show? And then there was a lot of that talk. And what I ultimately decided was like, okay, I am ready, but I don't know that I'm ready like this month. So let me just wait a beat and just wait and and really figure out how I feel and allow that to be the thing that leads me. And then at that time, when I get to that place, then I will make an executive decision for whatever other choices I need to make in my career. But um, ultimately, I've, by the grace of God, I've had a pretty great career where I'm very happy with it. And there are obviously lots of things I want to do, but a family is, is at the top of that list. And so... Um, I'm just trusting God that going to fall into place right now. We're supposed to shoot Shazam and May. Um, you know, I'm hoping that right after that we can get to it. Um, and we'll just see, you know, kind of how it all, um, comes together. But at this junction, I'll be, um, 40 in August. And I kind of knew I was like about 40 is feeling right. And then now that I'm here creeping up on it, I'm like, yeah, about 40 is feeling right. So the, the priority will be the family. And then, um, everything else will fall into place, God willing. And if not, something else will fall into place when it's supposed to.
0: So cool. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, um, we, um, we didn't get to talk about the weight, which I love I, and I really wanted to talk about working together with your husband. Cause we obviously have been working together forever. So we'll just going to have to have you come back. Um, and, and maybe it's for the Amazon series on it's out, but, um, your new movie on lifetime is called death saved my life. It's a thriller. It premieres Saturday, February 13th at 8 PM, seven central. Um, and I didn't get to quote, the entire movie of friday so that could be a third episode i love it because i I can literally quote that movie inside out backwards forwards it's Hmm. my favorite (laughs)
4: that's so good i have such great stories from that oh i do It was like my first speaking role in a movie and there was just so many little jewels of what was going on behind the scenes that would
0: like surprise you you know and tucker like I mean I I don't know you've worked with amazing people there that's me that's them I like that would be like the pinnacle I feel like and you just started there. Okay you need to give me one story then cuz I can't leave without hearing a story now.
4: Um one story um uh, well first of all I was on set for 2 weeks before I actually worked. It was F Gary Gray's first movie. He was 25. There was a lot of pressure, a lot going on. Um, And so they didn't know when they were going to use me. So I would just come to work every day and kind of sit in my trailer or hang out on set. And uh, I remember that Tiny Lester, um, um, rest in peace, he um, would always kind of go and get a sandwich. So it became a thing where I started making him a sandwich. And um, a lot of people don't know that Michael Clark Duncan, um, rest in peace, was Tiny um, Lester's stand-in. Uh, before he did the Green Mile, before all of that. And so I remember I made Tiny a sandwich. And Michael said, Well, where's my sandwich? And I was like, I didn't know you wanted one. And he was like, It's okay. So he said, Make me one next time. He said, But I want you to remember this. No matter where you go in your career, make sure you treat everybody exactly the same. Not just because you never know, but because that's the right thing to do. Wow. And I was like, Right, got it. So after that I made them both sandwiches every day. And mm-hmm. then Obviously, Michael Clark became Michael Clark. Um, And we worked together again on Debs, and he remembered the story. I was, like, 22 at that point. Um, But, yeah, a lot of little jewels like that behind
0: I love the pearls of wisdom on Friday, which is hilarious. Um, But Michael (laughs) Clark Duncan, I remember he came to one of my birthday parties. I used to throw these, like, bashes, and I just loved him. He had the biggest heart in the world, and, like, it just crushed Mm -hmm. me when we lost him. Um, But, oh, my God, you worked with Debo. Ah, everybody! Yeah. That movie was so we um. I remember we were watching in college, and we had a leak in our our um in our dorm room, so we slept yeah. in the hallway. And my roommate had it on. That was the only like VHS that we had, and she would rewind it. And we would play it all day, all night, all day, all night. So yeah, I know it <laughs> inside out. <laughs> Um, and it was so funny. It was so good. I I recently had a screening event at my house so that we could rewatch it and relive.
4: <laughs> oh my
1: goodness!
0: Yeah, it's too fun.
4: So crazy, so crazy.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a great. A it's a great memory to have. Your first speaking role in is in like this classic Friday. Yeah. So who knew? Do you keep in touch with anybody? <laughs>
4: Um, I worked with, uh, the lady Angela means who played Felicia mm-hmm. for a number of years on a Nickelodeon show. Um, a few years later, um, I still, I haven't talked to her in a while, but Paula J. Parker and I, um, Nia Long's always been incredibly supportive. Um, me and Chris Tucker are still pretty close. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of who else. DJ Pooh and I did a movie together, uh, some years later. I know I'm forgetting some stuff. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, a lot of those relationships persisted to some degree. Um, But I would say out of everyone, probably me and Chris are the closest.
0: So cool. So cool. Well, we obviously have more to talk about next time you come. Um, Make sure you guys check out her lifetime movie, Death Saved My Life, this February 13th at 8 p.m. 7 Central. We will put all of that in the description um, in this episode, and you can follow her on Instagram at Megan Good uh, as well. Megan, thank you so much. She's so beautiful, stunning, gorgeous, like, stunning, gorgeous. Um, anyhow, um, I'm so glad that we talked about Friday at the end. <laughs> that was so. Would you talk about Felicia? I be like when she comes over and she's like. Um, Who you go to the show with last night? Yes, you did, because my sister-in-law, baby cousin Tracy, said she saw you there all hooked up with some friend. Now tell me who she was. And the cube goes, Your sister-in-law, baby cousin Tracy... She's a goddamn liar. And then <laughs> and then I mean I could do the whole movie. I fucking love it. Sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the best. We're Come on. Her first speaking role is with Chris Tucker and Ice, and Ice Cube in Friday. Like there could be no like bigger. I mean that movie will just always be huge we gotta watch it i've Steven, never seen it were you with me did you come to the screening i had at the house for that
3: uh no i didn't i wasn't there that t- i think i was already back in north carolina
0: no it was with some of the after buzz team i think it was like our staff you probably just didn't want to show up anyway um <laughs> he's like i don't have to be with maria tonight perfect I'm just kidding. um anyhow um lots of uh lots of lots of good nuggets good stuff in there She's yeah, I, really cool. I really do
2: think you should do like a special episode just talk about Friday. Right? Oh my god! I would Seriously, die. like I think it'd be great—a one-off. Yeah. You should do a Friday reunion.
0: Yes. Better together movie guys. I would die.
2: Better together movie club. Hell yeah. Better together.
1: It's me, Kelsey. <laughs> I need to talk to her more <laughs> about Angerman too. Oh, Better, better Together movie Ooh. club.
0: I wonder if she was talking about Anchorman I, too. I think she. I think so because um, I think did Todd Phillips direct that?
1: Let's look. I don't know. I don't know. But
0: I who think directed it. But that's what it I sounds I like too. something like like Todd was so cool from everything I ever interacted with him. I just love image.
2: when a director's like, Do you really think that one word is is gonna, it gonna be like, that important? Yeah, if it's important if it's so important. That's what I say about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, if this is like something is within reason, but if something is super, super offensive to somebody, I'm fine. But yeah. but but taking away isn't so offensive to the other. Just do it. Like big yeah. deal. They took out that word. Do we we think those are the funniest movies ever made? Do oh. you think we needed the one joke in there? Nope.
0: But you know. no. So. Nope. Anyhow, thank you guys for joining us. Um Winnie would like to thank you as well. Yeah. She's about to bark at you guys. Um if you haven't joined us on Patreon, guys, our event is tonight. tonight. Um you can still sign up, go to the link in my bio on my Instagram at Maria Menunos or better together with Maria, click the link tree, join us, ten dollars a month. You get in on all of our exclusive workshops, intimate access with the incredible guests we have on the show. Tonight's event is a heart chakra opening. Very excited about that. <clears throat> so is Winnie obviously. And um yeah. Stop it. And then also, of course, you get the ad-free content and the extra episodes. So I hope you join us over there. The Super Heel Squad awaits you.
1: Woo. Um,
0: and to the rest of the Hill Squad here, we love you. We thank you for being on this journey with us. If you could help us by sharing this show, sharing any of the clips that we post on social media and helping us get the word out, we would be so grateful. Um, and, uh, and we'll be back here again tomorrow for you. Woo!
2: Listen, there's a lot of talk about... uh, Oh, God. (laughs) No, not Potluck Thursday, but uh, Regular Guy Friday. Yeah. We may be knocking one out.
0: I did see someone in the comments, like, I, I try to... Guys, there are so many freaking places, whether it's YouTube I or know. Apple Podcasts and the social media. Someone said, when is Regular Guy Friday? And <laughs> I was like, oh.
4: Well,
2: we <laughs> I sent we, it to we, Kevin. We had a couple of pre-production meetings. <laughs> Kevin has
0: one fan mm-hmm. that wants Regular Guy yeah. Fridays. We
2: had our slow coffees for our meeting, Kelsey and I, in mm-hmm. the car.
0: And, oh, yeah. We never should talk Jeff today. Tomorrow. You did at the beginning. No, right. I didn't. Yeah, we did a little bit. Yeah, no, we, we said we were going to, and we never did. No, no, We did. We did? What did we say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Something about like, aren't you so happy Jeff is gone? Oh yeah, that's not shit talking. There's more to shit talk. We've got listen lists. So Jeff, if you're listening, tune on, tune on, tune, don't tune in do tomorrow. Think, I'm kidding. I'm we, kidding because I know we, Jeff's still watching. Should and we I love cancel him. Jeff tomorrow? <gasps> yeah. Do we want to release
3: those text caps.
0: Oh, my God. Let's I'm release <laughs> the tax and cancel Jeff.
1: <laughs> Boy, Jeff, can no. imagine? Jeff, I got you. We won't cancel you. I've no. <laughs> got you back, Jeff.
3: tomorrow as deep Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. I have a, I have a deep fake of Jeff that I will, that I will perform for you guys. Oh my and B- God. is
0: pretty funny. This is so funny. Okay. I love it. Um, <laughs> love you guys. Have a great day. You can follow us at better together with Maria at Megan. Good at Kelsmeyer too at Stephen Lemieux photo. And remember, <clears throat> clear your throats. Be nice people, make good choices and be present.